you speak. The miracle is that somehow you speak. And that somehow we can see and we can hear. Not just things as they are. Things as we think they are. But things as they truly are. And as they are meant to be. Open our eyes and our hearts and our ears, O oh God, to your word of life. Amen. So when I was growing up, we weren't church people. We weren't spiritual, nor were we religious. We were neither. We were not spiritual, not religious. We didn't attend church, and we didn't have spiritual practices. That being said, we had at least one ritual, and it came once a year at Thanksgiving. When the turkey was finally out of salmonella territory, <laughs> we'd all gather around the dining room table, parents, kids, grandparents, and great-grandparents, and we'd take turns one after the other, each naming something we were thankful for. I'm sure that many of you have done this before. It was one of the only things, rituals, we ever really did, and I'm glad that we did it. Because it was one of those rare occasions I had as a child to reflect on my family and my own life and offer up my appreciation for them and the things in life we shared. It was my opportunity to show gratitude, and it only came around once a year. It was lovely, and always something I thought that I'd like to be able to do more of. And it seems that I'm not the only one who's felt this way about gratitude. A couple of years ago, Time Magazine featured an article titled, How Gratitude Can Transform Your Life This Thanksgiving. Oprah, in fact, says every time she has a grateful feeling, she writes it down. She suggests gratitude, quote, changes your personal vibration. You radiate and generate more goodness for yourself when you're aware of all that you have and not focusing on your have-nots. And there are even scientific studies suggesting that the practice of being grateful, like any other kind of positive emotion, can actually change the makeup of our brains, making us more positive and open to creativity. Gratitude is big in our culture right now, and for good reason, because gratitude makes us happier, healthier people. It's just seems to be the way that it is. But the truth is, gratitude isn't always easy because life can be really hard. And gratitude can be used as a way to shame people out of their concerns, whether it's poverty or depression. Kind of the way we want street people to be really thankful when we give them our spare change. They didn't say thank you. And it's easy for Oprah to tell us to focus on what we have rather than what we haven't, after all, I doubt there are a few things Oprah doesn't have. And if she doesn't, she can probably get them or send Stedman out for them. <laughs> Telling somebody they need to have a little gratitude or accentuate the positive drives me crazy. I hate it. 
because it can sound hollow and inauthentic. It can also be selfish at times because it can be a way for us to ignore the many places of darkness in our world. It can be a way for those of us who enjoy privileges in life to do so guilt-free because we feel grateful. Like anything good, gratitude can become twisted. It can be narcissistic and self-serving. It can be. But at the same time, I agree with Oprah, maybe not on the vibrations part, but on the gratitude part. That gratitude makes a huge difference at Thanksgiving dinner and hopefully beyond. And it's nothing new. And it's more than positive thinking and good vibrations. Our reading reminds us that one of our most powerful responses to events, the most powerful responses to events in our lives is gratitude. It's thanksgiving. It's something that we sorely need. In today's passage from the Good News According to Luke, we see the difference gratitude makes. Here, Jesus is at it again. This time, he's in a border region, and he's intermingling with the kinds of people that he shouldn't be. This time, it's 10 people with leprosy. That awful skin disease that shows up a lot in the Bible. Physically, your skin gets discolored. It gets gray and lumpy and disfigured. And it's also contagious. So socially, you're an outcast too. You look bad, and people don't want to be around you. They run to Jesus, but they keep their distance, knowing that at any moment he could flinch and run away. They know that people don't usually want anything to do with them. Usually Jesus, I mean, I love this part. Usually Jesus likes to heal people on the spot, but here he does a referral instead. He sends them to show themselves to the local priest. Now, this is important because the priest can grant a clean bill of health, which means that Jesus here implies that they will be healed, that they will be made well. And they are made well. As they walk, their slumped shoulders begin to straighten, their cracked, lumpy skin begins to smooth, and it returns to a healthy shade of brown. People in the Bible are brown, by the way. Brown or black, usually. There are a few white people, but they're the Romans, which are the bad guys. Anyway, And when one of ten looks down and sees his body changing before his very eyes, he gets filled with joy. And he runs back to Jesus to show him gratitude. He falls to his knees at Jesus' feet in a posture of worship. He's giving his worth to Jesus. He's giving him deep, deep, deep thanks. Only one out of ten. You know this? Jesus could have a commercial. One out of ten leprous Samaritans approves of Jesus. Anyway, somebody liked that one. Um. <laughs> one out of ten gives thanks. And Jesus makes a comment about it. He says, where are the other nine? At first, Jesus sounds like me and my crankiest dad moments. Show a little gratitude already. Be thankful, Okay. But the interesting thing here is that the other nine didn't really do anything wrong. We could probably assume that they were probably just as excited about the healing as this other guy. They received this blessing that was promised to them. They're made whole too. Jesus doesn't seem to need them to say thank you. Jesus seems to be pretty indiscriminate about the new life he gives. They all get the same healing. They all get the same healing. 
But there is a difference for the one guy who turns back. He's recognized, he's affirmed by Jesus because he not only saw he was healed, but returned to give thanks. And in doing so, it's almost like he's blessed a second time. Jesus invites him to rise and go on his way, telling him that his faith has made him well. Not just well, but whole. This is the language of salvation, the Greek word that Jesus uses. This man's body is healed, but the important part is that his soul has been made whole. He got the same gift as the others, but the difference is he saw it as a gift and received it as a gift and found him blessed in a whole different way. One of my favorite preachers, Will Willimon, once told me a story of attending a church that was exclusively for street people. They could never get everybody gathered in the worship space to start the service on time. So they always started it outside on the steps. And they started the gathering with people offering God thanks for the blessings in their lives. It seemed like a strange place to start for people who had so little. But Will said he was struck the most by this guy in shabby clothes, bearded, no teeth, who came forward. And he just looked up into the sky, hands open, eyes wide open. None of this, I'm making sure that people see I'm praying type stuff. And he said, I just want to thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you for the fact that I am alive today. I want to thank you for the fact that I'm alive today. You'd think that this guy wouldn't have much to give thanks for. I know that whenever we went around the table at Thanksgiving at my house, as a kid we were always grateful for family, safe place to live, lots of good food, our toys. But this guy had none of the things we'd consider blessings at all. And yet there he was out on the church steps giving thanks and not dead. He was filled to the brim with gratitude for the mere fact that he was alive, a gift that most of us take for granted. We don't even see it as a gift. Like the one leper that ran back to Jesus in gratitude, this guy was able to see something that the other nine out of ten people that received that gift weren't able to see. He saw himself. He had nothing else in the entire world. He saw himself with something, though, he saw himself as a beloved child of God. And he saw his life as a gift. He wasn't necessarily healed of his afflictions, but he had an experience of that wholeness. He had an experience of salvation, and all he could do was say, 
thanks. All he could do was say thanks. <clears throat> Friends, this is the power that gratitude can have. It's not something so glib as be positive. It's not something so simple as be satisfied with what you got. That does not hurt. Or changing our personal vibrations. Poor Oprah. No, it's much, much more. It's that within all of our lives, however joyous they may be, or however dark may they, they may become, within each of these, within our world, there is light, if we have the eyes to see. Like the one leper who ran back to Jesus. And we're able to see our own lives, like the leper, and like the man who said thank you for the mere fact of living as a divine gift. To recognize the good in our lives as a blessing and a gift from the source of all life. We can be blessed by seeing them, speaking of them, and finally living them. We too can experience God's salvation, God's wholeness and fullness of life. Like Jesus says, faith in the form of gratitude, which is faith that makes us well. And you'll notice that sometimes the Bible, in the Bible, these stories are kind of left unresolved. Like, we don't see what kind of life the leper leads afterwards, unless you guys want to write some fan fiction, you know, afterwards, like the leper that... <laughs> the untold story of the leper following his healing. But we don't see what kind of life he leads after he kneels in gratitude at Jesus' feet. That's because the rest of the story is meant to be our lives. Today we come like so many people before us to kneel at the feet of God in Christ and to offer thanks. The 14th century monk and mystic Meister Eckhart once said that if the only prayer you ever say is thank you, it will be enough. If the only prayer you ever say is thank you, it will be enough. So may each of you in this place have your eyes opened to the healing, saving power of the Creator. May that grace stoke gratitude in you. And may the rest of our lives, your life and mine, be a thank you, using the gifts we've all been given for our good and for the greater glory of the giver of all good gifts. Happy Thanksgiving. Amen.